Brace, what did you do today? Christ, I feel like you know. I uh, <laughs> I sat here. I read co- court documents. Uh, I I did some push-ups. I how many did you get done? I did fifty push-ups, Liz. Oh, I don't think you're supposed. Uh, my my exercise regimen is the same every single day with zero scientific standing behind it, which is just to do as many push-ups as you can in a row a couple times a day. Not in like, a row. Consistency. In like a little period. Yeah. Consistency. But I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think you're supposed to like run and stuff. And like. Yeah. You kind of uh, want to do a bunch of other stuff too. No. Not happening. No. There's only one man's exercise. It's the push-up. And what is about, the push-up done poorly? What about uh, crunches? No. I'm sorry. That's real. That's kind of a woman's exercise. A hundred percent a woman. What does a guy need that muscle for? Ab muscles? Yeah. What do you mean? You can just contour. <laughs> you don't need the muscle. That's like being like, oh, lady, you got to do cheek exercises. No, she doesn't. She can just contour. I don't think you should do any more contouring on your stomach. Me, I don't do it. I don't do it. But me and the, fe- I do it for the fellas. Like when I, before I go out, me and my boys always pop the tops off. Of course. Well, the boys do. I don't. And I do the little drawing on them. Bam. We're at the club. They're little sweating. Airbrush, they're little airbrush makeup. I mean, it's quite a big airbrush, honestly. Some of these guys are pretty fat. And, you know, we head to the club. I, I, you know, I've done the guys 300, 400 pounds. They're out there jiggling and squiggling. No, women are falling all over them. They're, like, trying to grab the ass. Like, ooh, you have really, like, soft, squishy Yeah, ones. but it's like one of those, like, um, like sponge painting things, like Trump yeah. Boy, where you're like, oh, look, it's just like, you know, a textured, textured wall. Nope. Gotcha. Nope. Fake out. Well, that's the thing. That's why. So my advice when I, when I when I do this to the fellas, I'm like, listen, you can't get too close to the ladies because they'll be able to maybe tell, maybe they'll touch it or rub off. You got to dance with the other fellas. And so, you know, so I get them to, you know, all the guys go out and I'm like, oh, of course, that's weird if we do that, like any sort of bar. So we go to those particular bars, where that kind of thing happens. You know, I get the guys all dance with each other, all hot and sweaty. And, uh, and Liz is signaling to me to cut this off. <laughs> Welcome, bitches. <laughs> to true and ladies. Mm-hmm. That one's for the fellas out there. Um, hello. Welcome. Hi, Brace. Hi, Liz. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. We say that every episode. You know why? Because you I, don't call me enough. I spoke to you on the phone earlier this morning, yesterday, and the day before yesterday. Yeah, so. and I think we both agree it's not enough. You hang up on me every... T- what the fuck is this? No, I You hang don't. up on me every this single lies. time. These are all lies. Within minute, you're like, Brace, it's three. Why are you calling me? Like, we're like, Brace, don't FaceTime me at 6 a.m. anymore. When it's like, you know I have a fucked up sleep schedule. This is not true. You know I, I always stay on to the last possible near- minute, never trying to sign off, asking you all kinds of questions, and you're always like, running out, gotta go, gotta do this, this gotta incredible. do that. This is incredible. Every single time I've asked you to use the good microphone that we don't use in the podcast and eat an apple, maybe rustle some paper, uh, maybe make like weird noises. Every time I ask you to do that, you give me this horrible expression. I mean, it's unlike any other ones. You, get, you give me a lot of bad looks, but this, is, this one takes the cake. And you say, please never ask me to do that again. <laughs> and then every day I get another phone call where you're asking well, me again. Baby, it's so traumatic that I can't, I mean, I, sometimes I can't even believe you're serious. And I gotta... All right, riff over. Hello. Okay. Welcome to True Anon. Greetings. Um, I'm Liz. Hello. Hi, I'm Brace, and we are joined by Hyung Chomsky. Uh, we've got an episode for you today. Yeah, we do. So last time, previously on, although we're not doing one of those, but I'll just do it. Previously, previously on. Um... We were discussing the court documents that have been slowly trickling out in the old Gilly Maxwell case. Remember, mm. she's locked up in the clink in Brooklyn with yep. other uh, ladies. 
And uh, so we're, we, we said last time that we, we didn't get through everything. So we got more to talk about with Ghislaine today. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but crazy enough, more Epstein news just keeps on coming. Well, I think the first thing we're going to talk about was released today for a very specific reason. So, Liz, I, I was actually shocked to find out that the, the the Democratic convention was happening right now. Like, I'd read these articles about how stupid it was going to be or whatever, but I didn't know it was like this week. Yeah, so um, Mayor de Blasio said the same thing, apparently, which I think is really funny. He was Not like, man. hey, I didn't even know it was this week. And first of all, relatable, had no mm-hmm. idea. I, I always love, I, you know, I don't, I, I've been in the same room as de Blasio recently. Really? It, yeah. When we went to, uh, up to Nevada, I went to drop some stuff off at the Bernie office, like after we canvassed and there was like 20 people in there and, and all cr- cr- surrounding some, you know, disheveled yet tall man. And I yeah, asked he's this guy, giant, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, who's that? And they're like, that's Bill de Blasio. You should stay and watch him speak. And I said, no, thank you. Goodbye. And I left <laughs> and won $300 gambling. See, lesson of the story. Never listen to de Blasio speak. I could have got caught there in small talk and not gotten out and got to the lucky hand in the casino. Yeah, so, and you would have yeah. hurt your neck because you'd be staring up so high. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I had no idea it was, it, was, it was this week. And apparently, one William Jefferson Clinton is speaking tonight. So, okay. I have a couple things to say about the DNC. Mm-hmm. Lay them on I- me, sister. Have not watched any of it and will not watch any of it because also the NBA playoffs started this week and that's way more exciting. Mm-hmm. But um, can Bill Clinton still talk? Well, so generally I've understood, as many of our listeners will know, Bill Clinton is a vegan, right? Mm. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not one of those people who is a strong, I think it's lame to have a strong opinion on veganism. Um, whether, like, people who get really mad about it, like, oh, you fucking pussy, you should eat meat. That's extremely. Uh, pathetic position but i don't think it's improved bill clinton's life very much well okay doesn't seem like he's doing well yeah i'll say that i mean okay do you you remember that famous gif turned into a gif of him and uh our 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 lady hillary accepting the nomination at the Mm -hmm. 2016 convention yes the years are just blurring together i'm sorry guys and it's like the balloons are dropping and he's looking around like all wide eyed, like, Ooh. yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's what's sort of going Biden-esque on here? Moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Cre- it's real crazy. So um, like that. No, the year prior, 2015, someone told me who's in the know in the biz that I cannot reveal, but had told me that um, the former president was not well mm-hmm. and that was suffering from, um, an illness and or disease. I don't want to get into anything specific, Ooh. but I'll say that this is all alleged. Uh, and uh, that that would account for perhaps some of the things we were seeing. Can you give me like a little more specifics on the disease? Because it looks like he's got that shit like consumption or something. <laughs> like so he- I don't think it's that one, but I would say it's uh, probably a rel- like a relatively common uh, ailment of the elderly population? Syphilis? No. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, duh. HPV plus. Okay. Anyway. No, he's got dementia. My thing is, yeah. So, well, alleged. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, you know, someone did tell me that that would know. Anyway. Um, my thing is, so is he, like... I've seen interviews with him where he really can't talk. Yeah, he, he, he has like, he affects, I mean, he's old too, but like, and, and, you know, when you get old, regardless of whether you have Alzheimer's or, or not, you, you know, you tend to talk a lot slower, uh, except for, of course, people of my race, but it's <laughs> like, you tend to talk faster actually, but it's, it's, he doesn't interview well anymore. And I was actually surprised that they gave him a speaking position for a number of reasons. One of which, well, the, the first of which is that Bill Clinton almost assuredly allegedly had sex with Ghislaine Maxwell, a famous sex trafficker and pedophile who's currently awaiting, well, yeah, awaiting trial in prison, well, jail. Uh, and, and that would be, you would tend not to want to connect your political party to to Bill Clinton, or excuse me, to Epstein, or to Ghislaine, or anything like that. And Bill Clinton is like, you know, uh, people focus on the Clintons for good reason, you know, 
but they focus on the Clintons. And and I'm not sure that that would be the proudest person to trot out. I think that they're probably trying to like engender some sort of like nostalgia or something. Um, but but I'm not really sure who the audience for Bill is. Well, I'd say it's probably the Democrat audience. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's like it's I, I think a- they're all like Michelle Obama fans now, though. Yeah, but before they were Michelle Obama fans, they were Bill Clinton fans. I mean, we'll get into that, I think, when we're talking about some other things later on from the Gillian papers and our old friends Bill Richardson and and the other minor cast members of the DLC are going to show up. But, um, you know... All the, the the Democratic Party, I, I don't know. I think there's like an attitude, maybe along some of our listeners or you know people kind of new to politics or whatever, that like the party is somehow like, um, I don't know, AOC, Bernie energy. Yeah. But like, no, it's Clinton and Obama energy. I mean, like Joe Biden is the nominee. Like Joe Biden yeah. was also a member of the DLC <laughs> along with Bill Clinton. You know, like, like. So it's not totally surprising. What's surprising to me is like just that people still care about this shit in this party. <laughs> I mean, basically, like, you know, people get all mad about the Democratic Party and oh, they're so cringe or they're so lame. Yeah, they fucking suck. They're your enemies. Who fucking cares? Move yeah. on. They're all bad. Fuck them. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't get any of the kind of like whining about, I can't believe they're doing this. Can you believe they're doing this? It's like, yeah, no, I absolutely 1000% can believe they're doing this. 100%. <laughs> and, and so today, the Daily Mail, uh, which, you know, full disclosure, I do work for them. Um, I, 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 I released a, a photograph from, mm. from the 2002 trip to Africa to raise awareness for AIDS that Bill Clinton went on with Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, actor Chris Tucker, and actor Kevin Spacey. Yeah, this is an infamous trip. We've talked about this this trip a lot. I trip out, not no pun intended, trip out over this a lot because literally every single person I just listed has in one way or another, in different ways, been connected to rape cases. You know, Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, duh. Bill Clinton, duh. But Chris Tucker, let's just say... He was the last guy to take the stand in a certain infamous Michael Jackson trial, and he was not taking the stand for the uh, prosecution. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey, of course, well, I don't even know if I even need to say. Um, the photo's pretty great, though. It's, it's him. It's, it's Bill sitting in what looks to be like an airport chair, airport lounge, mm-hmm. uh, being, uh, receiving a back massage from Shante Davis. Uh, who was, uh, of course, a victim of Jeffrey Epstein's. Um, I got to say, like, great aesthetic. Content yeah. of the photo aside, very strong aesthetic. It's, it's, can you describe it to me? I feel like I, I lack the vocabulary. For, of, like, the mood? Well, what's Bill, like, t- talk to me about Bill in this picture. Well, Bill, what's strange is that he's got, like, basically no expression on his face. He's yeah. sitting there. So for people who uh, don't have the photo in front of them, which I'm guessing is everyone since you're listening to a podcast, uh, Bill is sitting, the, the photograph is being taken uh, kind of like from the profile and Bill is sitting there like expressionless, like a statue or something. It's very odd, no? Yeah, it, it, he, he has a, um, a kind of an NPC-like stare. Yes, he's, he's got kind a floor of Jack. Yeah, he's he's doing the Wojak. And and Shantae, you know, she seems to be putting some, you know, some actual effort and she's clad in like the classic sweatsuit sort of um of outfit that that masseuses love. But but like to be clear, like this is, you know, Shantae said, you know, explicitly that Bill Clinton had no like sexual contact with her. But Bill Clinton is in a picture getting a massage from a sex slave. Right. And I feel like that, I mean, in in conjunction with basically everything else about him. I would not have a guy like that speak at my political convention. Okay, so question. On our last Patreon episode, we had the legend Ed Opperman on. Mm -hmm. He mentioned there being Clinton photos out there that had not yet been published. I wonder if this is one of them. Well, so that's question. That's uh, part A of my question. Part B would be, who do you think is responsible for sending this to the Daily Mail? 
Well, I mean, considering, I think the Daily Mail, or excuse me, I think actually the New York Post published the other pictures from this trip, because mm-hmm. this isn't the only picture that has emerged. There's pictures yeah. of Bill Clinton, really shittily, uh, uh, they're not very focused pictures of Bill Clinton and Ghislaine. That's part on of the aesthetic. Of the, it's all very Tumblr, to be honest. Tr- yeah, it is. I mean, that's if there's one word that would describe Bill Clinton to a T, it's, it's definitely Tumblr, um, mostly for the pedophilia. But he's standing on the top of a, you know, it's like the door to an airplane with Ghislaine. You know, there's Kevin Spacey with one of a, a, I would say, satanic expression on his face, staring mm. at the camera with Bill Clinton yeah, he and looks, Chris Tucker. Yeah, it's, oof. Yeah, there, there's it's a, like a those grin. have been out for a while. And this sort of seems like it might be from the same set. Yeah. And that maybe they just are sort of, I mean, honestly, the way this goes is someone probably has sitting on this picture, maybe Shantae Davis herself. And is selling the pictures, which I cannot blame them for even a little bit. Right. I'm just saying, I think that as you, you're rightly pointing out that the timing is very curious and oh, that absolutely. there's potentially political motivations there. Basically, what I'm saying is somehow Roger Stone is, is involved in all this. Oh, okay. That's I what wouldn't I'm be thinking. surprised. I mean, this does sort of seem in line with, uh, you know, Trump bringing Juanita Broderick to the debate, which, you know. That was a pretty that was a pretty smart move on his part, um, yeah. you know, even if it's for a psych out. Uh, and, and so I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if that was the case. Well, the New York Post published another set of photos, too, not just the ones from the Clinton trip, but also um, interior shots of Epstein's jet, the Lolita Express. Yeah, so I, I guess the, the old Express has been sitting in an airport storage kind of space in, in Georgia for the past five years. And a guy named James McCloskey was allowed to tour it. And so this guy works for a company called Scroggins Aviation. Say it with me. Scroggins Aviation. It's a great name. Uh, so is McCloskey. Name. Yeah, this is all, I mean, this guy, needless to say, this guy works in Hollywood. And I was looking at the website for Scroggins, and I guess what they do is they take parts of airplanes, like, or they take like full airplanes, parts of airplanes, parts of helicopters, and basically convert them into little sets for, for, for movie studios and TV mm. studios to use. And so if you're like, man, my fucking epic biopic of Brace Belden, uh, you know, where he single-handedly defeats ISIS, needs a helicopter scene where he rappels down and, uh, you know, engages in hand-to-hand combat, you would use these guys for that and you would just film on the inside of that. So I guess someone maybe is thinking about purchasing this jet. Well, I mean, looking at these photos, we had never seen the interiors of the Lolita Express, except for on, you know, various photos. There's the, you know, various photos that have kind of leaked out to the press. These interiors, I am a little shocked by. Yeah. There's a red velvet everywhere. A lot of red velvet. I, if I would say, if, if, if I told my playing guy, because, you know, Chuanon does have a playing guy. If I was like, buddy, I need, if I told McCloskey, I need a sex plane. Yeah. He would provide me this plane. It's very, oof. You know, I have to say, when I was first looking at these photos, they reminded me of an old friend of Jeffrey's, Donald Trump. The aesthetic yes. is very 80s Trumpian. Not Trumpian currently. It's not MAGA. It's like the 80s Trump Tower vibe. Like the tables are gold. The walls are red velvet. Everything's quilted, which, by the way, is so disgusting of a texture. (laughs) Yeah, it's I will say that like Epstein's and Trump's style definitely converged at one point. Like Ugh. it's very, it's this sort of like New York, like I'm a luxury guy. kind of And style. yet it looks so cheap. It's like a bunch of like insurance executives in like 1988 who just got a f- their first Amex. It's awful. Yeah. yeah. There's like velour in it. And there's also quite club a large chairs, a club chair, club chair. And there's a bed. There's a big old bed. And yeah. we know that, like, no I, I cover mean, on the duvet, by the way. No cover which on is, pathetic. That's his pathetic. Brooklyn, line, you know, Brooklyn heritage coming out. Fellas, we all have covers on our duvets, right? Don't let them, don't ever let a lady say that on a podcast about you. <laughs> uh, so, so one thing Make we your do bed, know about fellas. The, that's what oh, we're saying. Well, that is sometimes some ladies need to do that too. But, anyways, um, <laughs> There, the the thing about Lolita Express too is that I mean, for there's a lot of things about this plane, 
but 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 Epstein did not stop his like you know addiction to 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 molestation while he was in air. Like he used this as like another basically site of assault. Yeah, and 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 there is the it doesn't show it in in the pictures, but there's been enough testimony for me to understand that there's actually a door to the room where the the bed is, and it locks from both sides. Ah, um, perfect. Classic. That's another thing. Locking the doors on the outside. Bannon's meth house, you know, Epstein's uh, temple. Not a good look for the outsider to see. Here's what I want to know. Who's the locksmith who's like, that's fine. I'll do it for you. They should make it. Fellas, you a locksmith? Ladies, you a locksmithina? Mm -hmm. Maybe study some ethics. Maybe don't install locks from the outside. Well, actually, a big contention of the Democratic Party uh, platform this year was 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 certain people wanted to outlaw locks on the outside of doors, and that was shot down really heavily by basically all sides of the party. So, moving on, there's also been a a little update on the legal front here and it looks like we're getting closer and closer to wexner being deposed now finally the judge has said you guys should interview his lawyer Mm. yeah so this is an update to the case that we outlined last week which is the ongoing suits and countersuits between a friend of the pod alan dershowitz and virginia jeffrey an Epstein victim. Uh, they're they're suing each other. They're all up in suits together, and basically both are trying to compel Les Wexner to testify on essentially both of their behalves, mm-hmm. but for different reasons. It's a little confusing. Yeah, it basically, like it's like a lot of things. You know, this was announced, and then you know, there's all these papers filed and such. But but I I think what we're getting onto is we're making some progress, and it looks like his lawyer might be able to be questioned now. If I know Les Wexner, which to be clear, I do not know Les Wexner. Yeah, uh, but if I I've studied Les Wexner pretty extensively, he's probably gonna have a pretty good lawyer. Uh, and so we'll see how this goes. But it is funny that both sides of the suit basically want to depose him so that they they think that'll help them which is i'm very curious to me yeah if we're lucky enough this will be another one of like um alan dershowitz's famous amazing missteps where he accidentally gets leslie wexner deposed to to testify against jeffrey epstein (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's kind of what it looks like i have a feeling that this will end up with alan dershowitz uh once again saying something totally insane and then having to write a flurry of articles in some publication called Newsmax about it. <laughs> that seems to be his. Alan Dershowitz like has fallen so far from grace. It's incredible. Like he, you know, he used to, this guy was like hanging out with the New York Times and all this stuff. And now he writes for a website that the only time I ever hear of that website is when Alan Dersh puts out another article being like, "I did not rape this child." That says I, she raped. Me. I want them to give him the like one a.m. block on OAN. And just 100%. let him go every night, yeah. seven yeah. days a week. Dersh well, now he's, his, his whole new thing now is that we need to depoliticize the post office, which personally, I think they should do that by putting a guy every single person in the world hates in charge of it. When Alan did the Dershowitz. post office get political? Well, um, to be clear, the post office is technically a Wahhabist organization. <laughs> I just like the idea of like, we need to depoliticize this. What a lame ass, like... Just say you want to privatize it, you dork. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I do think the ties to the Muslim Brotherhood are concerning. But, like, again, <laughs> I think that, like, a, a process of Christianization of the post office, you know, along with a possible Judaization, but not fully leaving mm. off the Islamization, we can have the trifecta of the Abrahamic religions sort of create, like, a Lebanon-style situation yeah. where there are, you know, there there's a certain... Sunni postmaster generals, Shia postmaster generals, evangelical ones, et cetera. And we could have we could have an equitable post office. Well, I've always said, you know, the, the post office workers, the postmen, oh, they're they're begging for this with open arms. They're welcoming us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to invade. <laughs> it's a democracy movement. It's a it's a light blue color revolution. We're gonna call Absolutely. <laughs> So there's also not, not, listen, you thought we were done talking about lawsuits. 
Baby, you were wrong. No, well, this is a legal podcast now. Yeah. Which is yeah, good because well, neither of us know anything about the law. Well, I have been sued by a bunch of people, but yeah, I, I, I never showed up to court. Turns out if you don't show up to court, they literally can't do anything. They can't move on with the lawsuit. And if you don't get a lawyer, nothing happens to you. I don't think that's true, and I don't think anyone should follow that advice. I'm telling you, this is, this is, it worked for me a lot of different times. Anyways, Epstein is being sued, or rather his estate is, yes, by a group but- of nine women. So, yeah, a new lawsuit was filed last Thursday. Uh, nine new uh, Jane Doe's came forward, uh, alleging that they were all victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Some One as early as 1978, which would be about three years after he stopped working at the Dalton School. I think this is the earliest allegation we've heard. Um, uh, you know, pure coincidence, that's also the school where Matt Iglesias graduated from. Yeah, absolutely coincidence. And the school where my enemy, the head of technical head of DHS, or rather the head of the DOJ, William Barr's father was the headmaster at precisely the same year that Epstein was hired there. So mm, sure, just coincidence. Um, Anyways, uh, that is actually like that was astounding to me because we actually have not heard about anything. Basically, uh, there's been a couple whispers about it. I think a couple women have come forward and, and, and said it was like, you know, early 90s and stuff like that. But really, like 1978 is by far the earliest because Jeffrey Epstein wasn't well, he wasn't a nobody, but he certainly wasn't a somebody by that time. I mean, 1978, he was working at Bear Stearns and he was he was working his way up from floor trader to junior partner, which I think he made within four years of getting there. And he I think quit Dalton in like 75. So he wasn't even there yet quite. Uh so this is yeah it's it's pretty astounding. I read through the uh I read through the the filing and basically it looks like they're going to sue his estate for money. Are they all I mean there's nothing really like that out of the ordinary in details here. Um but but there's cases from women all over the country and they are from all different time periods from the 90s, from the 80s, from the 2000s, from the 70s, which is pretty outstanding. Yeah, so in or about 1978 and continuing for a period of time thereafter, plaintiff Jane Doe, this would be the 14th victim, was approximately 13 years old. So you are right to point out that this is when Epstein was on Wall Street. And I want to just recall, like we've kind of talked about a little bit, but the culture on Wall Street during this time in the late 70s up through obviously into the early 90s was horrifying for women yeah. and young girls and the kind of um culture that was being bred out of these investment banks and these Wall Street firms was um one of like i don't know complete and total like impunity on the part of these traders and um you know financial apparatchiks, basically drugs, girls, women having to like perform oral sex on the trading floor, like just insane shit that really would be actually, you know, probably still goes on in in a lot of ways to this day, but I'm sure they sort of modernized it in many ways, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. No. And this is, there's a couple things that, that stand out to me about this too. First of all, it's 1978. There's not a lot more details besides the year that it happened there. But but another woman, uh, this is plaintiff Jane Doe 13, uh, was approximately 11 years old. She says, uh, which is which is pretty remarkable. I mean, we'd known about Epstein's proclivities towards you know younger women, especially you know there's the famous incidents of Brunel sending over some 12 year olds from France. But 11 years old is really, I mean, that's, that's very early for him. And then there's yeah. also another one, uh, a 32-year-old here, which, which is also fairly unusual for Epstein, although not unheard of. I mean, he was also chasing Paris Hilton and stuff, although, to be fair, she was a lot younger at that point. Ugh, this is also awful. Yeah, and so I, I don't know exactly. I mean, we're about to talk about another thing to do with lawsuits too, but like, I don't know exactly where this will lead because I know for the victims established so far who were already engaged in lawsuits with Epstein, they've all agreed, except for one, which we'll get to, to pause their lawsuits and sort of wait for the victim's compensation fund to get sent up, set up, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I, their lawyers probably know this a lot better than I do. You know, I, if they're doing that, it's probably a good move to do. 
Um, because it's not like, I mean, these are civil suits, you know, they're not right. like Epstein's yep. dead. Yeah. Basically the estate is handling, um, you know, getting all of Epstein's money in order and putting it aside for a fund that's going to be doled out to the various suits. And so everyone's pausing their civil suits in anticipation of that fund getting set up and then released. Um, so it's unclear whether or not these nine women will be pausing this suit that they just filed in order to participate in that. But there is one lawsuit and one victim who is not. Yeah. This is the Interlochen case. Yeah. So this is, comes from a piece in the uh, Daily Beast by Kate Bricklet. I don't. I prefer to say Bricklet. Bricklet. I like that. I have no idea if we're saying that correctly, but if we're not. Don't take it personally. Um, and that basically, you know, uh, says Epstein victim claims he showed her off to Trump when she was 14. But that's not the whole meat of this story, we'll say. Um, last January, a California woman identified as Jane Doe, again, they're all identified as Jane Doe, filed a lawsuit against Epstein's estate and British heiress Gilly Maxwell, who's facing federal charges for allegedly recruiting girls into the financier's trafficking ring. The formal couple met Doe in 1994 at the Interlochen Arts Camp in Michigan. The Daily Beast previously revealed Epstein was a donor to the prestigious school and stayed at a cabin he funded on the property. Okay, pause. We've spoken about Interlochen before. I, th- I think it's been about a year since we talked about Interlochen. Jesus Christ. Um, I, but I have a personal connection to Interlochen. You do, yeah. Uh, no, I did not go there, but I've had sex with someone who goes there. Who went there? And who doesn't go there? Who went there? A long time ago. <coughs> ha! So, <laughs> it's, I, but anyways, I got the dirt on Interlochen. I mean, Interlochen is like, it's Dalton-esque. And this person went there on a scholarship. It's Dalton-esque uh, in, that, in that there's a lot of people who've come out of there who have Wikipedia pages about them. I yeah. think on their website, it claims they've had something like over 100 Grammy winners come out of there, which is <laughs> insane. Why are but there it, even 100 Grammy winners? You know what? Well, they give out too Grammys. many Grammys. There's those a the, Grammy for everything. Those are the They're movies. like, oh, Grammy for best pop country rap crossover. It's like, that's one song. That's one song. You can't just say there's a Grammy for it. They should give out a Grammy for top rocker every year, which I, I would I think they win. do a Grammy for podcasting now. Do they act? Do they really? Yeah. Oh, baby. This is. So now that I've said that, I take it back. Grammys for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we'll talk about this after, but we need a strategy. Um, there's actually a picture of Jeffrey Epstein who himself went to Interlochen mm. as a student there. And, mm. and it's the, it's one of the earlier pictures. So there, there's not a ton of pictures of out there of Epstein as a child. Uh, there's a couple, there's one of him at the beach as sort of a, uh, like, you know, a little overweight with an afro, but this is like the full, like youth Jeffrey. And, and it's a classic black and white picture where he's standing with some other students, who, I guess part of his dorm or whatever. Uh, and you can see the little thing on his lip, you know, his like li- weird little deformity on the lip. Uh, but he was, he was a thick child. Um, <laughs> And apparently he was really, really into like post interlocking activities. Like he would have alumni parties at his mansion in New York City. Hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, th- again, these aren't just like your high school friends that you went to high school with. Like interlocking produces a lot. And I mean, a lot of like famous actors and musicians and, 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 you know, stage actors or whatever. And so this is sort of another way for him. Like, I mean, this is probably his earliest you know, t- uh, getting in touch with the, with the future elite or whatever. Um, but, but he was a big donor there and they gave him a cabin, which, so yeah, I, he would I stay at that cabin like every summer. Yeah, I would get some. So I, I've also done a lot of 3d or not 3d, excuse me, a Google maps research of Interlochen as well. And so apparently there are quite a lot of cabins on the ground. So Interlochen is right next to something I guess called Interlochen state park. Uh, which I don't really know what their relationship with that is, but it sounds like they have one. Uh, and there's like cabins dotting all this. It's a heavily forested area. There's cabins everywhere. And there's a big lake called Duck Lake, which I find very charming. Yeah, that's um, cute. But one does wonder because, if, so teachers live in these cabins and I'm sure that, you know, people who like being by this lake live in these cabins. One does wonder, Jeffrey Epstein is not 
as far as I know, the rustic type. Uh, he was he was a city guy, uh, and so it is a little strange that he would have a cabin there. But you know, he was a piano virtuoso, and maybe he likes to go down there and tinkle the ivories. But apparently, he was also recruiting. Well, because... yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's so like upsetting that you're you know reading this story is that they're saying that he was. <laughs> recruiting girls from this summer camp and it's not just that like this happened while the summer camp was going on like he made a point like the article continues after summer camp ended epstein called jane doe's mother in florida and boasted of his mentorship of young students and providing scholarships for the arts epstein who would refer to himself as jane doe's godfather sent a driver to pick her up and her mother for a visit to his palm beach mansion soon after this conversation and this is something we see again and again with kind of these like early instances with epstein is that like he gets involved with the girl's parents very quickly and like makes himself a presence there um in a very disturbing disturbing way well, it's it's interesting too because of the divide that sort of comes with that. Because because Epstein certainly did in other cases similar to this one involve himself with 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 girls' parents and stuff. But with poor girls, he really made it, made sure to kind of stay away from them. Virginia Jeffrey aside, like he really was like sort of absent from 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 doing any of those activities with more of the poor girls' parents. And it is the way he did this is really. Um, Really creepy. I mean, and even for Epstein, creepy. The 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 girl he approached, her father had died uh, right before he met her, and uh, and he basically used that to sort of insert himself. Her, her father was a famous composer. This woman, who's who's now a famous soap opera actress, uh, was going to interlock in for I guess voice, and and he you know made all these promises of oh, I love helping girls with the arts, and and her her, her family actually lived in Palm Beach. And I guess Epstein really like I, I the, the thing is to me like I don't know how he had time for all of this because every single like case I read about him and these girls he seems to put so much effort and certainly Ghislaine spent like a lot of time literally just hanging out in front of high schools and yeah. like cruising for girls that I'm really not like sure how they found time to do basically anything else um but he really like inserted himself in this girl's life and you know he he got her to go to new york and he would threaten her with you know if she didn't really do what he said then that she wouldn't have much of a career he apparently co-signed a lease for an apartment uh with this this girl got with her mom he was giving her money uh and 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 of course you know eventually he was forcing her to give massages and then you know epstein is a obviously everyone knows epstein's a rapist but he 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 with a lot of people, he tends to just do massages and then it doesn't always go further than that. But, but with this girl, it, it appears like, I mean, she, she claims that he, uh, he, he one day just like held her down and, and, and raped her, which, which is, there's a lot of really creepy parallels with this. And basically the same exact thing he was doing to another girl who was an aspiring actress in the same year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, one thing I want to like hammer home too about these allegations is that like, you know, uh, the abuse ramps up as Epstein um, basically secures that she and her family are completely financially dependent on him. Yeah. And like, it starts to basically escalate once he is able to, um, you know, have that power over them um you know it says that epstein began molesting her at the end of 1994 in 1996 when she was 16 he moved her to a new york city apartment the the mother moves in there um you know the at this point the family becomes completely financially dependent and um you know the like you say he pushes her down rapes her and that continues for several several years with basically you know and this again i just want to say this is a girl he handpicked out of a summer camp for the arts yeah and it's just so strikingly similar to the case of jennifer arrows uh who who came out i believe last year and has such a similar story that like mm. it, it really stopped me in my tracks 
Yeah, she basically, you know, uh, she was approached by, she says a woman, a brunette in her, you know, in her 20s. This was in 2001. It could have been Gillane. It could have been another, you know, remember they had kind of a pyramid scheme going with girls that they had abused and trained who then they used as recruiters for other girls. So it's unclear of who it was that approached uh, Jennifer, but she was um, outside her performing arts school in New York City. Um, You know, basically she says, dreaming of being a Broadway actress, and this woman approaches her and says, oh, I've got like a side gig. You know, the kind of the thing that we had talked about, we've talked about with all of the the cases of the girls. Um, You know, she was saying he was very powerful, he was very wealthy, he was a great guy. You know, Jennifer recalled. Um, And, you know, this was, you know, it's this really stuck out to me. Um, he's almost like a fatherly figure to her. This is recalling what the what the woman said to Jennifer when she approached her about, uh, you know, being part of this circle, this Epstein circle. Um, he's almost like a fatherly figure to her, which had meaning for me at that time because I was maybe longing for that. Now, Jennifer's father had just died of AIDS, actually. So this is, again, Epstein finding a girl who, you know, is going through, um, you know, the loss of her father and basically, um, you know, imposing himself in her life in that role but and sexually. Yeah. It's, like, so messed up, you know? It, one of the ways he, he really got her to, to trust him, too, is that he kept saying that he was donating to AIDS charities, too. I know. This is so... That detail is, like, so sick to me he talks about yeah. donating money to AIDS charities and that strikes that strikes a chord with me you know this is all the stuff that jennifer's saying is she's a young girl dealing with the loss of her father and this man preying on her and and i was wrong when i said this was happening at the same time as the other case i, I i'm mixing up with a different one but but it's 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 very similar in so many ways because, you know, there's two girls whose, whose dads have just died. I mean, very recently in both cases. And then Epstein sort of swoops in as like, oh, no, I'm like the daddy Warbucks type here. Like, I'll take care of you. Like, everything will be all right. I'll put you through voice school. I'll make you an actress. And then, uh, and then using that as leverage to, to, to rape them. Um, and uh, he also said she also, she also gives some pretty strange details about his house. Um, she said she saw in one of his bathrooms, there was a tub in a set of prosthetics, prosthetic breasts, which, uh, uh, were in arm's length. And she said that presumably he would maybe play with those in the tub, which I find to be very unsettling. Yeah. Um, he also showed her an oval shaped room with blue walls and said it was, it was similar to his, uh, to his favorite room in the white house. Uh, which I guess he's talking about the Oval Office. And, you know, he loved to brag that he was, like, good buds with, like, you know, yeah. White House people and stuff. And, you know, it's, it is also interesting to note that he did go on that AIDS tour of Africa in 2002, literally when the year that he raped this woman uh, with Bill Clinton. Yeah. Ugh. So moving on to Ghislaine, do you remember uh, when when her lawyers were like, there are guards, they, they wrote a, a letter to the judge saying that there were guards who were not dressed as guards, that people didn't recognize as guards in the Bureau of Prisons? I do remember that, yes. Turns out they were psychologists, and uh, Maxwell's lawyers are pissed about that, but give me a fucking break, dude. That's a good thing that there are. I mean, come on, they got an MKUltra brainwasher. <laughs> So they're trying to get them removed? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. They're just complaining that they exist, I think. Mm. But I would prefer a psychologist to a fucking jail guard. I mean, yeah, they're one and the same, according to... No. <laughs> I, um, yeah, this is all just... Her lawyers are still trying to make a stink, trying to get her out into general population, trying to get her computer access, trying to get her all these nice little things. Um, doesn't seem like they're really buying it. Yeah. And so, and so moving on to sort of the depositions, the stuff we didn't really, weren't able to get to last week. Um, I want to start with, with this one where, where there's a mention of a foreign president. 
And I think it's 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 very interesting because I had assumed it was one guy, and it's it's very much looking like it was a different guy. I mean, famously, uh, you know, in 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 2019 when a lot of this came out, there was all this talk about how these you know a, a certain famous prime minister would be named, uh, which I'm still holding out as Tony Blair, even though yeah. it's Fingers looking crossed. like I might be wrong. Um, but but I thought this was a really interesting sort of series of questions that from from the Virginia uh, Jeffrey deposition. And so, mm. Liz, I will play the part of the lawyer, and uh, and 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 you will answer the questions if that's all right. That is all right. So he says, and if I ask if you have met any foreign presidents, do you understand what that question means? Yes. And what is the answer to that question? Yes. All right. And if I asked you, which foreign presidents have you met, do you understand what that question means? Yes. What is the answer to that question? Man, lawyers are so fucking weird. What is yeah, the answer to that question? It's like Jeopardy, like, gotta like, say it all funny. What is the name of the person? Yes, who are the foreign presidents that you have met? I honestly can't remember his name at this time. I'm a very visual person, so... All right, can you describe him then? Yes, he's Spanish. Okay. Okay. Tall, dark hair. Wait, hold on. Wait, Liz. She's not talking about me, right? No. All right. Anything else? And he's got a foreign tongue accent. And uh, uh, what age approximately? Was I or was he? Was he? I'd say in his 40s. And where did you meet him? I believe it was New Mexico. New Mexico? Possibly New Mexico. I'm sorry, it's really hard to go back and remember lots of different events with lots of different people. And okay, this is the last question. Okay, what is the only, and if is that the only foreign president that you have met? I've met a lot of very high profile people. I wasn't just introduced to them as who they were. It's only going back through photos and time to be able to realize who they are and what they are now. So it's hard for me to distinguish who I've actually met and when and where I've met them. So when when old Brace read this, mm. uh, I immediately was like, it's fucking Pastrana. Former, former Colombian president, Andres Pastrana, who I remember is friends with Jeffrey Epstein and flew on the jet. And when it came out in 2019, and people, a lot of people were looking at the black book and being like, hey, how come you were on the pedophile plane? Pastrana said, oh, no. No, no. I was just hanging out with them going to Cuba. And he, he put out all of these statements, essentially shifting the attention from himself onto uh, Comandante Fidel Castro. Classic move. Yeah. By the way, okay. Yes, Epstein did meet with Fidel Castro. Yes, there is a picture of him meeting Fidel Castro. I to believe be also fair, the there's a picture of a lot of people meeting with Castro. I was going to say, I know a lady who has a picture with her meeting Fidel Castro. Gloria he meeting people. He's a people person. He's a sweatsuit. He's a tracksuit guy. He's a guy. people's people person. Absolutely. I, I, for, yeah. So, I, and this was pre-arrest. So, listen, Fidel was never on the plane. Totally innocent. Never been proven. Never will be. Uh, but I immediately thought it was Pastrana because, okay, foreign head of state, mm. accent, mm. friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. And, and I post, yeah, and I posted that on Twitter thinking I was so smug and I'm like, oh, I'm nailing this guy. They're going to make me the president of Columbia. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to move in there and start changing things around. Really, you know, make it join NATO or something. Uh, although actually, you know, they, they were talking about. Columbia joining NATO. So actually, maybe that's, not, Jesus that's not too far from the truth. This is the last thing uh, I need. And, and like, a, like a shot in the night, I was, I was interrupted rudely. I'm just kidding. Uh, by, by, by Twitter user Hassaturd Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, or, or as he goes by human, friend of the pod. Oh, yeah. And hey. He, he pointed out that it's probably actually Jose, 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 <laughs> Jose Maria Aznar who was the former Spanish prime minister for the People's Party. And he was also, I should add, a phalangist in his youth. The People's Party, by the way, is basically, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like, you know how the Christian Democrat Party was in, in Germany is where all the Nazis joined after World War II? Yeah. Well, after 75, all the fascists joined right, right. the People's Party. 
uh, and Asnar, typical piece of shit. Uh, and he pointed out in a series of links that like, oh, it is definitely Asnar. The first one was that uh, w- was a link to an article uh, with a germane part being former U.S. Vice President Albert Gore and former Spanish President Jose Maria Asnar established the United States Spain Council in May 1996 and it has been chaired by former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson. Now, mm. Bill Richardson, also former Clinton cabinet, uh, cabinet member, had also been accused of rape by Virginia Jeffrey. Yes. And I'm like, okay, you know, small world. By the way, Virginia Jeffrey used to claim also that she met Al Gore, although she later sort of recanted that. We should say, is, too, we can bring it back to the beginning of the show. Bill Richardson, Al Gore, Bill Clinton, these are all heads of the DLC, which used to call themselves the progressive wing of the party, a.k.a. the third way, a.k.a. the new Democrats, which were tasked with dismantling the entire welfare state post, uh, you know, the election, the, the, the huge election they lost in the 80s. There's a really wild clip of Bill Clinton on stage with, I believe, some Italian politicians, including, I think, an Italian socialist politician. And he is being congratulated by these politicians. It's like a celebration of the third way. And one of the politicians, excuse me, Bill Clinton himself is giving a speech. And he says that when I was in Northern Italy, I met a communist, a few communists. And they are the only communists in the world who said Italy should stay in NATO. And that's when I knew I was doing a good job. Oh, my God. Incredible. I'll find the clip and post it somewhere. It's, it's, I've watched it a thousand times. It's yeah, so, so these people are not just scum, Epstein scum, but like... You know, you're we're still living in this fucking world. Bill Clinton is on stage tonight giving his mm-hmm. little keynote speech. Joe Biden, by the way, is also a DLC member. Your progressive Democrat, Joe Biden, whatever. Uh, these are all, you know, these people are fucking Reaganite scum. Well, I, you might be like, OK, well, that doesn't prove it's Asnar. You know, all these people knows each other, know each other. But then old human posts another article from my favorite, of course, alma mater, where all of us used to work, Jerusalem Post, entitled Former Spanish PM Fights Delegitimization of Israel. And so this is this is from the article. Jose Maria Aznar warns of a very non-kosher relationship between Iran and Venezuela. Remember when they were trying to be like, oh, yeah, Hezbollah secretly controls Venezuela? Yeah. Like Pompeo was saying that. Th- that playbook will never go away. It rules. Hezbollah is secretly controlling this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's, That's not true. <laughs> Bill? I, Bellar, if you're listening to this, that is she is just joking. That's a parody. This is Sunni. Uh, he, he, this article says, at an appearance before the Council of Foreign Relations on Wednesday, he elaborated his, on his criticism, describing the current U.S. posture as breaking with that of previous governments. Other members include former U.S. ambassadors to the U.N., John Bolton. This is the group. He started some, like, pro-Israel group. Friend uh, of the other, resistance, John Bolton. Jonathan Bolton. I should call him Jonathan Bolton. I feel like that's a little... That sounds uh, great. Jonathan yeah. Bolton? Yeah, I'm Jonathan Bolton. Nobel Peace Prize wizard da- uh, winner David Trimble of Northern Ireland and former Czech president Vaclav Havel, who mm. was really into the Velvet Underground. However, unlike me, uh, uh, well, we won't get into that. The organization is also seeking participation from prominent U.S. Democrats and is in conversation with Madeleine Albright and dot, 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 Bill Richardson both of whom served as cabinet secretaries of the Clinton administration. In addition, a bipartisan group of members of the U.S. House and Senate have proposed resolutions supporting the new initiative. Well, there's also uh, this, which is that George Mitchell, who another person that, that Virginia Jeffrey has said, you know, participating in these activities against her, is the chair of DLA Piper, which is an extremely spooky, corrupt multinational law firm where Asnar serves as an advisor. Also, Asnar has dark hair and he's younger. So also, wait, you him. brought up George Mitchell. Let's not forget that he was a Clinton State Department appointee. <laughs> yes, and the other appointee. So there was two Clinton State Department appointees in the Bureau of New York and Affairs. One of them was George Mitchell. The other one was Ghislaine Maxwell's, Maxwell's nephew, as we covered last year in a, in a groundbreaking episode of this podcast. Yeah, so I just want to like, just to bring it back, because we again, we started this episode talking Bill Clinton. This 
all, all these fuckers are in the same orbit. They're all orbiters. Yeah. They are. They're really... They're, this is, Mitchell, these are Richardson, Gore, Bolton, Bill Clinton, Albright. Don't get, get me started on that witch. They're all still out there, too. They're all well, no still shit. out there changing your Joe life, Joe Biden baby. is going to be the next... Is possibly going to be the next... Although, I don't know if I believe that. Possibly the next president of the United States. We're... You know, it's the eternal return, man. We can't escape these fucking Democrats. Well... There's also like a few other things. There's one more thing about Bill I want to get into here, which is from uh, Virginia wrote like sort of a short autobiography uh, called the the Billionaires Playboy Club, I believe, mm. uh, which has been included. And she said it's like based, you know, it's it, she's like it's based on reality. I think she's just saying that because she probably can't remember some exact stuff as it happened. And there's a lot for this. So I've actually read that before, like about a year ago. And revisiting this, uh, I, I was looking at this part that mentions Bill. And uh, Liz, I feel like you have a more sonorous voice than me. Can you, could you, could you, uh, you hit me with a read of this? Of course. The next big dinner party on the island had another significant guest appearance being the one and only Bill Clinton. He's the only president in the world to be dismissed from his role as world leader because he was caught with his trousers around his ankles and had the stain to prove it. Kind of. Jesus. Well, I mean, that's literally true. Publicly humiliating his wife and himself, he retired from his title, but not from his lifestyle. I mean, that's not totally true. Well, okay. This wasn't a big party as such, only a few of us eating at the dinner table. There was Jeffrey at the head of it, as always. On the left side was Emmy, Gillian, and I. Sitting across from the table was, from us was Bill, with two lovely girls who were visiting from New York. Bill's wife, Hillary's absence from the night made it easy for his apparent provocative cheeky side to come out. Teasing the girls on either side of him with playful pokes and brassy comments, there was no modesty between any of them. We all finished our meals and scattered in our own different directions. Now, to be clear, you know, Virginia says that nothing happened between her and Bill. But, Liz, if you were invited to an island of a guy who was surrounded by rumors of pedophilia and you sat down at the dinner table and it is filled with teenage girls and only one other guy who happens to be a notorious pedophile, how would you feel? Not safe. I wouldn't feel good about that. I would probably leave. I have to say that I really hate when things are described as brassy. Well, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like it because that's sort of how I think of Bill, like red-faced and sort of like, you know, he oh, is. Honey. He, he He's always red-faced. I'll say that. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's, there's another part about the island in this biography. There's a lot to get to, which we probably won't all get to at all today, uh, about a certain Harvard professor who taught me everything I know named Steven Pinker. His last name is blacked out, but my God, it's, it's him. Yeah, we've talked about him a lot. Two weeks later, as if Jeffrey was trying to lighten my spirits, this is from further on, so this isn't directly after the Bill Clinton part, he told me that I would be going to his island to meet a new client. He is a Harvard professor named Stephen Blank. I would be spending two days with him, showing him around the island, dining with him, and treating him to a massage whenever he wanted. Without Jeffrey even verbalizing the need to have sex with him, he told me to keep him happy like I had my first client. So at this point in the story, Jeffrey is basically pimping her out to people, and she makes it extremely clear both in this in in this writing and in other depositions that Epstein had basically trained her to where he never, ever had to use the word sex. When he said massage, that's what he meant. It was like a very yeah. simple code, one-to-one. Uh... I packed my suitcase with island apparel, kissed TJ goodbye, who at least had offered me a warm embrace upon the news of my miscarriage, but other than that, not knowing it wasn't his. She goes on, Stephen was a quirky little man, well, that's true, with white hair and a mad scientist look about him. We arrived separately, and I greeted him when one of the housekeepers picked him up from the airport and arrived by boat, instead of helicopters, as Jeffrey and Ghislaine often arrive on. Uh, by the way, uh, Ghislaine also used to drive some of those helicopters, or pilot, rather. We made our acquaintances and he looked as if he was tripping over himself with words, obviously delighted with his company and location for the weekend. I showed him around as Jeffrey had asked him as asked and took him on an adventurous quad bike ride around the small curvy paths leading the way and letting loose my hair, doing something that gave me a natural high instead of the prescription one. 
The sights alone were breathtaking from the mountainous peaks of the untouched parts of the island. We sat at a cliff and just sat there, not saying a word to each other, besides to compliment the sights that Mother Nature appealed to uh, Mother Nature that appealed to us. I didn't feel as if I owed this stranger anything but what was expected of me by Jeffrey and I could be polite. I just couldn't be myself. So this is later after they've eaten, skipping ahead, they've eaten dinner and stuff. And, and at this point, it's pretty heartbreaking. Uh, Virginia has started taking Xanax a lot. She, she, she describes that because, you know, the shit that she has to do. I mean, fuck, I would take a lot more than Xanax if I was her. I mean, Jesus, like I, this is, this is tough stuff to handle. She's going actively through these incredibly traumatic experiences over and over and, and starts taking Xanax a lot, which of course Epstein's lawyers would try to use as as ably as they could against her in court. Um, she says, uh, I went to my room to down a few Xanaxes, telling him I wanted to freshen up after dinner, but to meet me in his cabana in 20 minutes or so. I was ready to go, as I had said, 20 minutes later, with the effects of the tablets mixed with the red wine, and I would be freed not to feel anything. He was still dressed when I got to the cabana, obviously not accustomed to this, and a lot shyer than what I had been used to. Told me he'd need to undress and lie face down on the table, putting a towel to cover his bare bottom and prevent him feeling embarrassed by the massage. Gave the massage my earnest, as I always had, and quickly got through having intercourse with him. Not wanting to make any foreplay or anything extravagant out of it, I let him think that's as good as it got, and by the smile on his face, I thought I had done enough. Ugh. So this motherfucker's still out there, too. Yeah. They all are. Yeah, Pinker's still out there. Like You literally see ads for Pinker shit like on YouTube. It's, it's, it's incredible. Well, another person that she talks about, and we've talked about on the podcast a lot before, is Naomi Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole section here in her autobiography that basically, I mean, look, okay, we've kind of danced around some of the allegations of Naomi Campbell, but suffice to say, she's been intimately involved in not just Epstein, but a lot of, let's say... Um, activities that that epstein was a big fan of yeah naomi campbell was a bit of an independent operator herself yes and and someday maybe it'll all come out she also also has an island in the caribbean with a giant eye of horus on it yeah i don't the symbols that these sickos go with is yeah i mean it's yeah to quote the QAnon people these people are sick (laughs) um so yeah it's she meets naomi campbell and naomi campbell of course sort of at at, at, i believe naomi's birthday which is so weird like if i was my if i was like a famous model and like a 15 year old girl showed up with a pedophile to my birthday i'd be like you guys get out of here yeah i mean i'm not having this i don't know it's all like the tacky it's like a tacky version of what a fantastic fabulous life is Exactly. It's it's so we- I mean, yeah, I, I guess these people are like hanging out on yachts and stuff, but like this all seems so miserable. Um but she hooks him up with a Hilton. Yes. Now this was like a fun little detail. We had a guest in the car and apparently we had already been introduced, but I couldn't even remember his name in the first 5 minutes of our meeting again. He was the hotel owner of some large chain in America called Hilton. Which, by the way, I'm just like, the Hilton's a big fucking chain. <laughs> it's like one of two massive chains of hotels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Staying at one of the cottages near Jeffrey, he saw it quaint to loan me out for a night's massage to ruin an, quote, almost perfect evening. Jeffrey told me to come back to his room after I'd finished with Rick, meaning Rick Hilton. Thankfully, he reminded me of his name, but also odd, I thought, being so late, I would have never imagined Jeffrey could stay up this late, but I never made a fuss out of his requests. It's, yeah, it is, uh, it's a lot, because because one, you know, one thinks of the synchronicity of this, too, well, not really synchronicity, but, but the last photo out there of Ghislaine Maxwell in the wild was her lurking behind uh, Rick Hilton's daughter, Paris, at a party in, I believe, Monaco. Yes. Uh, Looking terrible. Horrible. Looking just awful. Everyone's wearing red dress. It's for some bullshit, like, I don't know, fund or whatever that Paris Hilton set up. And, of course, Uh, there were rumors that, you know, Jeffrey wanted to be introduced to Paris. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, so do I. (laughs) Paris? No, I'm sorry. Paris Hilton is not, does not do it for me. 
Um, <laughs> and do you like blondes? I love blondes and brunettes and redheads and okay. the other ones. Okay. Black hair? Are there other ones? Not purple really the hair. purple hair. That's nah, not really my thing. Pink hair? Yeah, I get a little BPD from that. Green hair. Uh, Getting a lot of BPD from that. Well, more documents are coming. Oh yeah, uh, the the rollout. I'm very excited for this rollout. I mean, it's 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 also sort of satisfying to know how hard Epstein and later Maxwell's lawyers fought to preserve these documents. Yeah, and to prevent them from coming out. Um, that that I, I'm really I'm really sort of happy that they are. Yeah, and some of the stuff is really wild. I mean, think about this: like Rick Hilton, Naomi Campbell have really had like not much attention at all paid on them. Naomi Campbell did an insane interview where she basically defended herself from this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, the press hasn't been holding any of these people's feet to the fire. But yeah, it's 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 like there's a lot of names. Here. I mean, Steven Pinker too. Like all these people are just like it's treated as like a little goofy accident. I mean, someone found Epstein's photo bucket account. With pictures of him hanging out with like Steven Pinker, like really shittily taken ones. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, there's like no consequences, you know? And there's consequences for you. If you ever got caught on, on tape for 15 seconds, you know, yelling at somebody or whatever, your, your life is ruined. Steven Pinker, all good. Yeah. Well, thank God we've got what, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 more days of the DNC. Yeah, I don't actually know how long. They should yeah, do me like neither. A I have absolutely festival. no idea. Here's the thing. I don't know anything about this. Me either. I, and I don't care. But that's not going to stop me from having an opinion on it. <laughs> absolutely. That's the motto of the pod, baby. <laughs> well, let's sign off then. Yeah, okay. So this has been True and On. That's not how we sign off, but we are this time. My name is Liz. <laughs> My name is Brace. Joined by producer Young Chomsky. And we will see you next time. Bye bye. Jeffrey